Welcome back, everybody, to episode 18 of Rounding Third Baseball Podcast. Today, we're going to kick off our division previews for the season, which is just over two weeks away. And today, we'll be talking about the AL East. Today, today I, consider I consider myself, myself the, luckiest the luckiest man, man on the face on of the, the face earth. Of the earth. James, it's been a long-awaited, um, these previews that we've been wanting to do since we started this podcast to, you know, build the hype for the season. We're now just 16 days away from opening day, um, and we picked quite a division to to kick it off with. Basically, we're going to go through each team, the players, big names, blah, 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 the betting lines, what we think, who's going to win it, who's not, um, and some of the big storylines to follow as the season progresses. Um I mean, this is a good one to start off with, James. The AL East, um, we have the Tampa Bay Rays, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, Baltimore Orioles, and the Toronto Blue Jays. James, I mean, what are your initial thoughts about this division? Well, before I even answer that, I just want to once again touch on the the gratitude that we're in this position. Um, three, four weeks ago, I never thought we would ever get to record these division previews, certainly not for this season starting this soon, so... Uh, amazing time for baseball the free agency frenzy that we got to cover was just awesome to live through you know five six transactions a day huge names um spring training ball is live we've got to see the bats got to watch freddie take a nice daddy hack today uh playing the reds so baseball's back and we picked i think i think it's the tightest division race probably the best division in baseball this year so that's my early prediction at large of the al east incredibly loaded top to bottom well maybe not the very bottom but but the top four like yeah i would think it is up there you know there are a lot of good divisions on thursday we'll talk about the nl east which is up there as well um but definitely the al east lots of free agency movement um and actually a free agent that we haven't even talked about on the podcast yet that happened after our last episode and one of the big names remaining was Trevor Story, who I was praying went to the Cardinals, but Trevor Story, former shortstop for the Colorado Rockies, signs with the Boston Red Sox, who we're going to kick this off with. Um, James, Boston Red Sox, they are um, actually have the fourth worst odds to win the division at plus 550. They have an over-under of 85.5 wins. Um, I think there's a lot of value with the Red Sox, um, and we'll get into it, but they're bringing back most of that team from last year that if, you know, if we remember went to all the way to the ALCS where they lost to the Astros, um, they did lose Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro, but building off of that team uh, with, you know, MVP caliber players with Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Kike Hernandez, who had, you know, he's your guy, um, had a breakout season last year and adding Trevor Story. I think this team has a lot of power. Yeah, I mean, and I can't – this acquisition of Trevor Story is huge. I think Trevor Story may be one of the more underrated names in baseball. I mean, just a rock, as rock solid as it gets as a defensive shortstop. 
the bat's monstrous. I can understand why the Rockies decided to not bring back their guy and instead sign a different massive contract. Um, oh, I will still, I will still never understand that. But when you're bringing that talent in, um, and as you mentioned, you're adding Trevor Story to a team that I would say not that they don't need him. Any team really would get better with Trevor Story in the lineup. But man, this is a team that is star-studded with power, you know, great lineup. And even when you have like Alex Verdugo and Kiki Hernandez, who aren't huge names nationally, I mean, they provide a ton of pop, a lot of swagger, a lot of energy for that team. Um, I mean, it's been the boomstick. They were all about mashing homers last year. They had a great run, um, far exceeded expectations. And now I think they've bought in even further. I will one more point about the AL East as a whole. This is a division where there's been a ton of uh, improvement in the offseason, and not to mention last season ended with four teams with it being must-watch baseball games, 160, 161, and 162, to see who would make the playoffs out of the four teams chasing. And I think all four teams got better. Well, maybe not the Yankees. But definitely interesting to watch. I love the value on these Red Sox bets. Um, I mean, plus 550 to win the division. That's pretty great odds um, for a team that's got the names it does. Maybe their biggest weak point, I would say, is their pitching. Um, That's probably going to hold them back uh, more so, or their weakness. Um, You know, Chris Sale's been a guy for them for a while. Definitely a cornerstone piece. Uh, Missed all of the 2020 season. Uh, Missed most of the 2021 season with injury, and he has come back again, and now he has a rib injury. Um, and we were talking about this in the pre-show. I'm not really sure how a pitcher who's not batting gets a rib injury in preseason, but, you know, weirder things have happened, surely. Uh, but Chris Hale will be out. The timetable for return is unclear on that injury, but that means their number one pitcher right now you can't count on pitching. Right. Yeah, and it's Chris Hale's kind of been – out of the league for it seems like forever at this point with all those injuries and now his timetable is unclear to come back but they did have you know a fantastic season from Nathan Avaldi last year who you know pitched if you remember the the wild card game against the Yankees he pitched in that game they also have they have a lot of question marks in their pitching staff you know they have Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock who, who were incredible out of the bullpen last year and will be fighting for a um a, a rotation spot and if, if they're able to get in and produce at a high level, you know, they, they could have a good pitching staff. And, you know, you said they didn't need Trevor Story, which maybe that's true in, in, a, in a, you know, a general sense. But if you look at the division with the Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays, I, you know, if they don't get another bat, which they got with Trevor Story, it might be, it might be difficult for them to compete. But now if you look at this lineup – Obviously, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, adding Trevor Story, Kike Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, even J.D. Martinez. A lot of power um, out of this Red Sox lineup, and I really like this team. Um, I think they have a lot of good players, a lot of um, people, a lot of players who can bring a lot to the table. And I think, you know, coming off their ALCS last year, uh, where they totally overperformed, you know, they brought Alex Cora back, the manager, to lead them. And they really had an incredible season. And I think they're only going to build on that. You know, they brought back almost the entire team, like I mentioned, except for one Kyle Schwarber, who they got at the trade deadline last year. He wasn't even on that team for the full season. And so 
I think bringing Trevor Story in and keeping this core that was able to make a great deep playoff run under a manager who has that experience, who's been with the Red Sox for a while, I think this is a, this is a team that could kind of push through some of these other names like the young Blue Jays and the Yankees and the Rays who are making all these moves, who have been in contention um, in the past. I think the Red Sox have a great chance to kind of slide up there and maybe really, really compete for a division title. Yeah, I share those same same sentiments. I think they do have an advantage of of that experience. You know, all of all of the players that you've listed have had some substantial playoff runs, some playoff experience um, outside of Trevor Story, because obviously, you know, Colorado. Um, but he gets it. They, he doesn't really need the experience. But like JD Martinez, he's pretty on pretty slept on. Huge bat out there in outfield. Um, I mean, of the list of players you named, I think they all easily crossed 20 homers on the year. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of pop. They've got the experience. They were electric to watch last year. Uh, I think they're going to be electric again this year. And, you know, that plus 550 is really calling to me um, on the division. And side note, you brought up Alex Cora. Alex Cora shouldn't have a job. It's a travesty that he's in Major League Baseball. Uh, just another one of Rob Manfred's many, many failures that you can just cheat and however egregious form to win and there's no punishments in major league baseball <laughs> unless you're Barry Bonds then you get punished 20 years later that's that's it um, but I'll get off my soapbox there because yeah, it's not uh, AOS time yeah um, so that's Red Sox preview um, great team I'm excited to watch them um, this lineup I mean it just it's going to be fun right you read that lineup how can you not think that's going to be an electric team to watch yeah Definitely. And, you know, moving on to our next team, this is a team that, interestingly enough, has the, the third. Um, so they're, they're kind of in the middle spot. They have the third best odds to win the division ahead of the Red Sox. That is the Tampa Bay Rays, who are plus 300, who won the division last year by eight games clear of the Yankees and Red Sox and nine games clear of the Blue Jays. Um, now, the Tampa Bay Rays are an interesting team. Um, they, they don't have Tyler Glass now, who's coming off Tommy John surgery, who's pretty much their ace. So their pitching is kind of weird. They have a lot of young guys, um, a lot of young guys who are really top prospects, um, who are, you know, 24 to 22 year old range, Shane McClanahan, Shane Baz, all these players, Drew Rasmussen. Um, and don't forget about Corey Kluber, who they signed to a one year, $8 million deal, two times Cy Young winner, spent a lot of times, uh, in Cleveland with the Yankees. Um, but they are a really young team. Like I said, they have Wander Franco, who's now 21 or 22, who's has that massive contract. Now, Randy Rosarena, the reigning rookie of the year, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau. They have, I mean, like, look, this is a team that I feel every year has these players that aren't the big names, aren't, you know, um, on, on the cover of MLB, the show or on sports center every day, but they always seem to win. Um, they, you know, destroyed this division last year. They were in the World Series the year before that. They're just a team that always has, always seems to produce good results. They have good organizational philosophy. They have lots of young talent, like I said. And so I guess this is just another one of those years where we'll have to see if they can put it all together and get a lot of wins. Um, you know, they kind of remind me, I, I might have even said this last episode, they remind me of like the Utah Jazz in the NBA where it's like, a team that seems to be the number one seed year after year, but they don't have like the LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. They have great players, but you know, the average um, or somebody that doesn't really follow the NBA 
probably can't name a player on that team. And similar with this team. So, you know, we'll see how they do this year. I, I have a lot of question marks about this team um, just because of their age. Um, but we'll see. James, what are your thoughts about the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, I mean, I will say one explanation on the race uh, success, really what I would say. You've never been able to look at this lineup and in preseason, like, okay, yeah, this is going to be one of the powerhouse teams, and they always are. And I think that's because they play directly into the money ball. I mean, they are a statistics, analytics-driven organization to a fault, looking primarily at Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell, who was having arguably the best game of his life in a World Series must-win game. Um, I mean, I'll be eternally grateful to Kevin Cash for that, arguably the worst decision in the history of baseball. So to a fault, they believe the analytics, but at run – you know, in the long run on 162-year season, well, there's a reason that the A's had success with the analytics approach and, and the Rays have bought into that. Now, I remember last season, you know, coming out of their World Series run, they traded Blake Snell because Blake Snell was like, I can't I can't deal with it. I mean, they had to trade him. And quite frankly, after that, there's no way Kevin Cash and Blake Snell could ever be on the same club. Um so they got rid of him, and then Glasnow goes down with TJ pretty early into the season, about a quarter of the way through, if I recall correctly. And I instantly wrote him off. I'm like, okay, you know, Snell's gone, no Glasnow. The Rays had always been like, we'll get a couple runs, but we're going to dominate you pitching. And then you look, and there's none of these dominant, you know, fireball throwers or any of these crazy pitchers. And somehow they still won the division. They smoked everyone. Their pitchers got it done. Um, so I think it's it's a hard team to write off, right? Because I don't know, I wouldn't think of them as a threat, but I think we've now seen enough that you can't write this team off until we see them play. Um, as you mentioned, some big bats there. I think Austin Meadows, incredibly underrated. He can mash the baseball. Randy Rosarina gave us arguably the best playoff run ever. That was electric to watch. Um, and he's back. And to me, Wander Franco is up there for one of the players you have to watch in the division. He looked incredible through 60 games last year. I can't wait to see him play 162. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood, no injuries. But to see what that kid can do and how he can start to live up to his potential and the contract, massive contract he just signed, that's going to be incredible. So most importantly for me with the Rays is just watching how how good is Wander Franco? Is he truly a top three shortstop in baseball? Um, that's kind of the story, but... I don't think you can write them off, and I actually like where the odds makers set them. I think about third in the division is probably fair because, well, you know they're not going to be the bottom, but it's hard to say they, they'll be the top with this lineup. Yeah, I do agree with that. I was thinking the same thing while you were talking is that I think the Rays at plus 300, at the, the third best odds to win the division at an over-under of 89.5 wins, it does seem reasonable to me. Um I'm still almost tempted to take the under on this team simply because the Blue Jays are going to be really good. The Yankees, well, I don't know about the Yankees. The Red Sox, I think, will be really good this year. So I think they're going to be playing a lot of good teams. And with a pitching staff that's not as good as it has been in the past couple of years, given that Corey Kluber doesn't you know, come back and have a great year, I think they could struggle. I really do. But... We'll learn a lot about this team this year. You know, Wander Franco played only half a season last year. I know he's, you know, top prospect in baseball, basically. But we'll have to really see how he performs on a 162-game um, set to look at. 
But there's a lot of question marks about this team, a lot of question marks with the pitching, who's going to be in this rotation every day. But that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, yeah, I, just real quick, ahead. I want to touch on that. I really love that that point you had there, Max, that I think this could be the year, you know, I don't want to count them out, but I think this could be the year that it bottoms out on them and, and it finally kind of catches up. Um, but it's the Rays, and somehow it hasn't mattered who's there as an organization. They just they get it done. So hard to bet against them, but it's hard to think that they really are going to win this division. Um, it, it would take some pretty incredible campaigns and some great years for some pitchers, and once again – Randy's going to have to go back to playoff form and, and Wander Franco. I mean, I just can't wait to see what that kid's like. Cause I mean, he's electric right. to watch. He, he's great. I think he's going to be right up there. One of those young killers faces a baseball, um, but we'll see. And, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays this season. Yeah. And, and last thing I'll say, like, like I said, the pitching's not as good as it has been in the past years. Like they had used to have Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Glass. Now they used to have like three really good, really, really good pitchers. Now it's almost like it's hard to even see who their number one guy is, um, right? There's nobody that's really an established pitcher. So a lot of questions in that pitching staff. We'll have to see where they go from here. James, let's go to the New York Yankees. I'll kick it to you. Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees, it's one of those teams you perennially know they're going to be good simply as a matter of their payroll. Um, L.A. is normally in the same sense. Um I will say for the first time, the Yankees are getting outspent by the fellow New York club. That hasn't happened in a while. Um, George Steinbrenner was kind of complaining about it. And it's like, cry me a river, George. You know, you spent so much money. Um, like, who cares? You're getting outspent. Whatever. I think the interesting things for the Yankees have happened on the offensive side. You know, pitching. You've got Garrett Cole. I think he has a comeback year now that he has been he knows that he can't rely on a spider tack which he built a career out of so he's actually had to like probably learn how to pitch in the off season and like you know I think he'll be able to come back and obviously like he's still he's a very good pitcher um one of the best in the league so it'll be interesting if he if he uh has a little bit of a bounce back he still had a pretty strong season last year but um so he'll be leading the charge up there Luis uh, Severino, he's – Max, did I get that right? Severino, Luis Severino. Sever, okay, I was – yeah, I was going to say. I'm like, didn't feel right. Um, yeah, I mean, he's – to me, he is the number two for the Yankees. He's been pretty consistent. Um, and, of course, I mean, you have a Roldis Chapman out of the bullpen, one of the harder closers to bat against simply because he throws 102 miles an hour every single pitch. And right. it's just like if you hit it, you get a home run. Um, shout out to the incredible 2016 uh, Raji Davis tying home run off of Chapman. But majority of the time, you just strike out swinging and look like a fool. So the pitching's pretty good up there for arguably the best pitching staff uh, in the AL East. The batting, there's some additions. Um, obviously, Josh Donaldson, that biggest addition, giving him a little power, a little excitement. Um you know, you have Isaiah, Kinnair, Falefa. Uh, more impressive on the defensive front certainly is, you know, serviceable. Um, I would say serviceable right. on the offensive front. You know, Rizzo's back. We kind of talked about this with, with his transaction. We'll see what we get out of him. Um, I think of anything, you get consistency. 
out of him, but not greatness, uh, if that makes sense. But consistent, good, good clubhouse guy. Um, and of course, you have, um, I guess, addition by subtraction, um, if you will. And I wouldn't say addition by subtraction, but just subtraction from it. You know, Gary Sanchez is out. That was a big bat for him behind the plate, um, although he was not a good defensive catcher. So that could also actually improve the pitching a little bit. Um, and then you also had Gio Ursella, who's, you know, was there every day. So losing some everyday guys. Um, I don't know if right. you want to cover the rest of their offensive weapons, Max. Yeah, I mean, look, this team, I'm not too high on them. They're, they have the second best odds to win the division. They're plus 195. Um, they have a 91 and a half over under. Like you said, Garrett Cole. I, I mean, like, look, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. There's no way around it. He's over 12 strikeouts a game, around a three-year RA. Their, their pitching staff has a lot of question marks. Like you brought up Luis Severino. He's it's been tough for him to get on the field the past couple of years. He's dealt with a lot of injuries, but before that he was like one of these guys who was going to be the next big pitcher for the Yankees. He was competing for Cy Young's. He was pitching extremely well, but there's still question marks about when he'll be back. And if he can pitch, you know, at the same level, they have Jordan Montgomery, who's now in his sixth year with the Yankees. Who's a solid pitcher. He's a solid rotation guy. He had Tommy John a couple of years ago, but he had a really strong year last year and he'll, Definitely be a mainstay in that number two spot, um, assuming Luis Severino stays kind of hurt or in and out of the lineup or recovering or whatever it may be. But yeah, they're batting. Um, this is a team that has a lot of power if they can get it. You know, Joey Gallo has, uh, you know, Joey Gallo can hit the ball a long way, but he also strikes out a lot. He's one of the players that's shifted on the most in the entire MLB. They have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, who are both fantastic hitters, but, you know, they always run into injury issues. Stanton seems to get hurt and miss half the season every year. Aaron Judge, I'm not too high on. I know I think they're about to give him an extension. DJ LeMahieu, DJ LeMahieu hits at an extremely high average, but he's he just doesn't seem one of those guys that's electric um, and can, can really produce when you when you need him to, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And Glaber Torres is a, is a great second baseman, an all-star second baseman. So, look, their infield is all all-stars. They have Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres. Um, I guess they don't have an all-star at short, but they have Isaiah Kinnerfalefa, who's a gold glove shortstop. And then Josh Donaldson, who won an MVP in 2015, but is well past his prime, presumably. We'll have to see. I think they have a lot of upside. You know, Yankees have that short fence in right field. They can hit a lot of home runs and score a lot of runs. But there are a lot of question marks. You know, this is a team that strikes out a lot. They're a team that's not really fast. They try to improve on their speed by moving away from Sanchez and Urshela. But they still are a rather slow team. They have a lot of question marks around their pitching staff other than Garrett Cole. You know, I I just don't think – I think this, this is a team that gets hyped because they're the Yankees. But I think Anthony Rizzo's on the decline. I think a lot of these players aren't going to be able to produce that at the level that maybe Vegas or, or the betters think they will. This is a team that I think will finish in probably the three or four spot in the division. And, you know, I, I, I'm just not high on this team. I don't think it's going to be one of the best teams in the AL East. I think Stanton, I think Stanton's great. I really do like Stanton, but I think Rizzo's going down. I think LeMahieu's going to go down. I don't think Joey Gallo's that great of a player. I think Aaron Judge is extremely overrated. 
and there's lots of question marks about their pitching staff. I might be wrong, but this is a team that I don't see a lot of potential in, to be honest. Yeah, and I actually mirror that. To me, the the big way to sum this up would be, I think there will be games we watch where we go, oh my gosh, no one's beating the Yankees. They're insane. I think there's games we watch where we go, wow, the Yankees may get swept by the Baltimore Orioles. Because I think it's a matter of the way that they built this team. It is... There's never maybe, and you know, I'm sure you could correct me and feel free to tweet at rounding third now. Um, but I don't know if there's ever been a lineup that is less inconsistent or more inconsistent than this lineup. I mean, the problem is because their game is so based on home run hitting. If you don't get the pitch, you don't see the pitch, or when you get the one mistake, you don't watch it into their little bullshit 330 foot right field cheese home run section then they're gonna lose games because i don't think this is a team that can manufacture runs i mean joey gallo doesn't go to first base i mean he's a true power hitter in terms of like strikeout home run so and that's the same you know john carlo like they can hit and judge can hit and all that but it is a team where to win they are going to need to hit home runs a lot and they're going to need to consistently do that. And that's a very hard thing to do, um, especially given some of the arms they'll face. And especially when you start to talk about the uh, the playoffs, um, if they get there. But as you said, I actually don't think they end up there. I think three, four spot is probably where this lineup ends up. We'll see. You know the Yankees will be active on trade deadline day. They always are bringing in the next best washed power hitter from around the league. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, clearly this is not a bad team. It's going to be a good team, ton of star power, but I don't think they get it done in the AL East, not this year. No, me neither. Let's move on to um, the team up north. This is one of you know the teams that I'm probably highest on. I think everybody is in this division. They have the best odds to win the division at plus 185. They have an over-under of 91 and a half games. This is the young, the powerful, the Toronto Blue Jays, perhaps the hottest team in the division Super young team, lots of upside, some great additions this offseason. This is a team that's, you know, maybe even a dark horse to win the World Series this year. They lost Simeon and they lost uh, Robbie Ray, who won the Cy Young. But they added Kevin Gossman, who we've talked about over and over on this show. Um, coming off a career year in San Francisco, 33 starts, sub-3 ERA, at 10.6 strikeouts per nine. He's going to basically be leading that rotation now ahead of Jose Barrios and Hinjin Ryu, who had a really tough year last year. But, you know, you saw him on the Dodgers. He can produce at a high level when he is healthy. They also have some other great pitchers that they picked up. You say Kikuchi from Seattle, who was an all-star last year, and even Alex Manoa, who was solid in his first year in the big leagues last year. This is a front-to-back pretty solid rotation. And then not to mention their batting. Vlad Jr., who, who you, you pointed out, lost 42 pounds this year, if you haven't seen the pictures of him. He would have been a sure thing MVP last year if it wasn't for Shohei Otani. They have Vlad Jr., they have Bo Bichette, who hit more hits, more hits in the American League than anybody else last year. They just traded for Matt Chapman and extended him. They have Teoscar Hernandez, who just cross the 10 million a year mark. Uh, but he's coming in off an all-star season. They have George Springer. I mean, like, look, this is a great team. They have lots of bats. They have some new pitching additions. 
I think this team is legit if they can all produce at a high level, which I don't even need to say that. That's obvious. But I think this is a team that is poised to make a run. I think they're the favorites in this division for a reason. Um, and I'm really high on the Blue Jays this year. How about you, James? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super high on them. One, I think it's a great story. I mean, it's kind of a hard team to hate. Like, even if you're an AL East fan, like, no one really hates the Blue Jays. Um, you know, maybe the Phillies because of drama back in the day. But I don't think it can be lost, this 42-pound transition for Vlad Jr. I mean, that's a when you're talking about going down to, you know, 290 to 250, that is a notable change. And you've seen the swing. I don't think this is going to impact his power at all, but I think his slugging is going to go through the roof because he'll be able to leg out triples. He'll be able to leg out more doubles. Um, I can't wait to watch him. You know, I would put him on the, the definitely the hot list for uh, winning that AL MVP that eluded him. As you mentioned, his season was so great last year. Any other year, he would be maybe up there for a consensus AL MVP, if not going against one of the best seasons in the history of Major League Baseball by Shohei Otani. Um, I love the Matt Chapman trade for Toronto. I think to bring in that a suit. I mean, I'm not sure there's a more experienced veteran to lead a team than Matt Chapman. So to bring that into a team full of tons of young talent, um, that's a great move. He already jacked the home run um, in their spring training. I mean, that infield is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous um, what they're marching out there. And, you know, George Springer, once again, you know, his stats have obviously taken a dip since he had to, like, play the same competitive game everyone else has. But still a monster bat. And George Springer's one of those guys who are, like, in the clutch. He is a – George Springer may be the most clutch hitter in baseball. I mean, for some reason, when it matters, that dude is a menace. Um, the pitching, like you said, I think we see some bounce-back years – a lot of it's going to come around to, like, is Kevin Gosman the same player that he was right. in San Francisco? Because if he is, I think that replaces Robbie Ray nearly one-to-one. -one. Um, the loss of Simeon was tough. He had a career year, incredible year last year. But as I said, Matt Chapman, you know, right there, getting the help in the infield, um, bringing in a power bat. Does Ryu make a bounce back? As you mentioned, on L.A., he was incredible. Um, his last season in L.A., he was robbed of a Cy Young. Um, and was the best pitcher on a staff of incredible pitchers. So the potential is there for him. I mean, I genuinely think Ryu, when he's pitching his ball, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, it's an incredible rotation, tons of power. I can't wait to watch him. I mean, I'm excited to watch the Red Sox play, but like I may have to watch 162 Blue Jays games. I mean, this team is as electric as they come in baseball, and I think the whole public's pulling for them. You know, I like them to win the division. I'll go right out. You know, it's not really a hot take, but, you know, I don't think the odds makers are wrong here. I think this team, I think they show up, I think they execute, and I think they take down the AL East this year. Yeah, I mean, like, look, last year they were the only 90-win team in all of baseball to not make the playoffs. Um, I think they're a lock to make the playoffs this year, even if they don't win the division with the expanded. I mean, they would have made the playoffs last year if the playoff format was like it is this year. I, I mean, this is going to be an electric team. This is a team that we're going to want to watch every game they play. Just so many young, exciting players. But I, I like the point about Kevin Gossman, right? Like, he's had a long career, and last year was one where he, like, put it all together, basically. And now he's in a spot in Toronto where, like, look, they they can really win the World Series this year. 
And so can he have as strong of a season? Can he be that number one, that ace on this team? And if he can, like, I mean, I think this team can really, can really do a lot of damage. Um, yep. They're there. I, I see, I don't want to make, I think they will be my pick um, to win this division. I think in my mind, it's between them and the Red Sox, which is not really what the, the betting lines say, but that's, that's my prediction. Um, but James, anything else on the Blue Jays before we quickly touch on the no-name team? Yeah, I think what would be – what I love about the Blue Jays, and I was just thinking as you talk and you said, you know, they legitimately can contend for a World Series, which I think is very true. I think most people who follow baseball would attest that that's very true. If three years ago, Max, I would have told you the Toronto Blue Jays are World Series contenders. I think you would have laughed me off this show. Um, so to see how quickly they were able to take that organization, turn around, get some great young talent in there, Bo Bichette and Vladdy Jr., and then build around it and just build and build and build, you know, get Springer last year, now Chapman this year. It's an exciting team. Um, yeah, I mean, can't wait to watch them. Uh, but in the spirit of fairness, uh, we should – oh, and I do agree with your point. If they don't win the division, they most certainly make the playoffs, barring serious catastrophic injury and or the train just coming completely off the rails. Um but to be fair and actually round out the division, we will cover all five teams, um, even though I think we are in consensus with the rest of the world that there really doesn't even need to be a fifth team in the AL East. Um, but there is one, and that would be the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they have the over-under season win total at 62.5. Um, so right now they are projected to lose 99 games. Um, and I actually think they push and hit triple-digit losses. So good on the Orioles, Max. I don't know if you want to um, share anything um, on the Orioles and what they are. I mean, like, look, this isn't a team that's going to be trying to win this year um, as they haven't been for some time. This is a team that's going to lose a lot of games. Um, you know, some storylines to follow is Trey Mancini. I mean, he's got a great story. He's still there. They also have Adley Rushman, who will probably get his MLB debut this year. Um, I mean, look, this is a team with one of the top um, farm systems in all of baseball. So we'll get a chance to see some young players um, come through their pipeline this year. But this is not a team that's set to win. I mean, every other team in the division is at least plus 550 to win. This team's plus 15,000 to win. Uh, this really just there, – there's going to be no surprises here. This The Baltimore Orioles will finish last in this division. But – Look, that's just how some teams are. Um, I don't have much more to add to the Orioles. Maybe we're probably missing something. There's probably some storyline to talk about. But other than their farm system cycle coming up, Trey Mancini, I don't know. The only other like player that I would say is maybe worth noting is Cedric Mullins. Uh, he was a monster for contact last year. But once again, that's not like he's not a needle pusher. That is their best bat, and he's not a needle pusher in any sense. Um, I think more than anything, what the Orioles are going to serve as is a great break or rest stop for the AL East teams that are like, thank God we finally get a series where we're not getting beat up because the AL East, it's going to be a bloodbath all year of them just beating up on each other. So I think it will be like a calming, like, whew, okay, Orioles weekend, you know, we can lock in a little bit, you know, relax uh, and not have to deal with incredible home run hitters because every other team in this division is stacked with power 
So, you know, if you're a pitcher, it's nightmare fuel. And then one day you're clocking in against the Baltimore Orioles and you're like, oh, this is great. You know, perfect time for a no hitter. Um, I'll actually make, well, I'll make one thing. If the Orioles win the division, I will go get a Cal Ripken tattoo. Everyone can hold me to that because they're not going to do that um, in any sense. I also think, you know, I'll go ahead and make the prediction. I think the Baltimore Orioles get a no-hitter thrown against them this year. Um, they did it a couple times last year. I think they do it at least once this year. There you go. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, James, I don't have much more to add. I think how about we do our predictions one through five, how we think this division is going to go. Last year it finished Rays. They cleared the field by eight games. Yankees and Red Sox tied for second. Blue Jays were nine games out, one game behind the Yankees and Red Sox. And then the Orioles closed it out behind there. How do you think things will shake out this year? How different will it be from last year? Yeah, I think there's a couple ones I'm a little on the fence about. But tentatively, what I what I would say, I think, I think Blue Jays win the division. I think Red Sox are very close. I think we're maybe looking at a game 163 situation. Certainly, like game 150, I think this is still very much a race. Um, but I think Blue Jays win it. I think Red Sox come in second. I'm actually going to go Yankees at third. Have a little faith in them. Um, it's not even faith in them as much as it is. I think the Rays it bottoms out on them a little bit. And I'm not saying the Rays get run off the field. I think they're still, you know, game 130, 140, still going to be very much in the mix. But I think they do end in fourth, and I feel extremely confident picking the Baltimore Orioles to come in dead last in the division and potentially dead last in the league. Although I will say I think they have a little more upside than some of these clubs, um, namely the Athletics or maybe the Reds, who have been in like fire sale mode to the maximum this offseason. So that's my – I'm interested to hear your five and where we differ. Right. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to shake it up a little bit. I'm going to go Red Sox at number one. I'm really high on this team. I know they have the fourth best odds to win the division, but I'm confident in Alex Cora. They were able to prove that they can do it last year. I think Kike will come off the momentum of the postseason last year. Plus, adding Trevor Story, Verdugo, Devers, I think this is a good team. I think Evaldi will have a great pitching season. They're my number one team. Close second would be the Toronto Blue Jays. I think they have everything going for them. I think they have a real great chance to compete for a World Series. Um, I'm going to go Yankees at three, Rays at four, and closing it out, the Baltimore Orioles. That is my five. I'm predicting the Red Sox. James predicting the Blue Jays. Obviously, I would expect, I fully expect the Red Sox and Blue Jays to make the playoffs. Um, and I agree with know, that. Possibly even the Yankees are raised too. It's definitely, definitely possible, especially now with the 12 team playoff. I would expect to see one of those teams in there as well. I would probably expect three teams from this division to come out and make it to the postseason. Yeah, I think two teams is almost a guaranteed lock out of this division. The only thing that makes me worry about a third team coming, because um, I do think it's realistic we could get a third team, is that their win totals won't be comparative to those of the AL Central and the AL West um, because they're playing harder teams all year. So the, that three and four spot, they're going to have a lot less wins, I think, than say like a Minnesota Twins or uh, Mariners or Angels or someone who gets to pad this, pad the win column a little bit. Um, definitely two teams out of here, I think. Three, 
I think there's a good chance. Other question I have for you, uh, Max, for the preview to round out the preview. If there is one must-watch player, or like who is the one guy in the AL East who you're like this season? I can't. I explicitly can't wait to see what happens with this player. Hmm. I mean, I'm gonna pick the obvious pick, and I don't mean to. I just think it's the truth. I'm going Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, I mean, like, look, this guy is our age. He came off a near MVP season, one of the best seasons in baseball. Um, I fully expect him to only improve on it from there. Plus, with his slim body, like you said, we might see him busting out triples and doubles more often. He's still going to be slugging for power in Toronto. He's my number one guy, as as I think most people are. Uh, Vlad Jr. is my guy to watch. James, who are you keeping your eye on in the AL? Like, who's, your, who's your guy you want to watch for sure? Yeah, I mean, I love the Vlad pick, you know, like you said, kind of low-hanging fruit. But, I mean, I think he's a must-watch in the overall perspective of baseball. To me, it's got to be Wander Franco. I mean, to see what that young superstar can do with a full season, because the stats all 60 games were nuts. Um, and he got the big extension. He's already been having fun in training camp. He parked in uh, Kevin Cash's spot. They brought his Range Rover out onto the field during warm-ups. Um, kind of just having some fun, you know, at spring training. But... I think it's got to be must-watch, and I think if he if he can already live up to what his contract is and the hype that he is one of the best shortstops, it could maybe be – I think he's a needle mover. I know I love that phrase, but I think he could actually propel this Rays club up into one of those top two spots in the division if he has you know a mental year, um, and it's really just – we don't know. So I think you got to watch that story. I can't wait. I'm super high up on the kid. I think he is just the eye test, the stats. He's a dog. Can't wait to see what he does with a full season. Because um, I'm really cheering for him. I want my prediction that his contract was terrible. I want that to be correct, which only happens if he's as good as I think he is. So that's that's my must watch there. Um you know, I think maybe I'll give an honorable mention to, you know, we already kind of covered this, but Gosman. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if that was kind of a one-year fluke or if he really can leverage into becoming, you know, or being a rock as one of those best pitchers in the league. Um, but, yeah, those are those are the players to watch. I mean, there's so many you could pick in the division, players on the new team. It'll be interesting to see what Trevor Story can do. But, you know, I like that. Vladdy and Wander Franco, those are our guys to watch. We cover the top five. Um, and I think if I have a closing note, it would be that Red Sox plus 550 is so juicy. I mean, it's looking at me. Um, even though I know I picked the Blue Jays to win, it's incredible value for a club that good. I agree. Yep. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll track these lines, how they move throughout the year. But it was a good way to kick it off, good division to kick it off. Um James, it was a good episode. We will be back on Thursday, Thursday night. We'll get the, another episode out, this time covering the National League East. Another fantastic division. Yeah, let, let us know who you think is going to win this division. Let us know who your player to watch is um, and any points that you agree or disagree with. You know, best way to reach us, rounding third now on Twitter. That's rounding 3RD now on Twitter. Um, super excited to bring these previews, super excited for the season to come. Uh, and Max, let's just get to it. Excited to get into the NL East and just keep rolling. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Talk to you guys soon.